You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to The Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno, and today on the podcast, we've got Jimmy Needham. Many of you may be familiar with that name. You're sitting there going, hold on, I think I know him. And now you're going to Spotify real quick, and you're looking in your worship music or your Christian music, and you're going, yeah, there he is, that Jimmy Needham. Yes, that Jimmy Needham is here on the podcast. So many of you know him as a worship leader, as a singer and songwriter, which he's incredibly gifted and had a lot of success there. What you may not know is that Jimmy is also a Bible teacher, uh, and he is also a podcaster. But the the link between what led him to be a singer, songwriter, worship leader, and what makes him an effective communicator of God's Word is the source, right? The source material being that God's Word. He loves the Bible. He loves to teach. Uh, He loves studying and trying to come up with new and fresh ways to communicate uh, God's love for us, Jesus's sacrifice on the cross for the church, and that's what drives him and motivates him. So as you get to know him, you're going to hear a little bit about his journey and how he started out as a songwriter, then moved in to be a teacher, and uh, you're going to hear a little bit about some things that he's got going on with his wife right now in a podcast that they've started where they are uh, jumping into just some of the really difficult questions that people have of faith and some of those difficult areas of the Bible that maybe you and I don't read every day. Uh, That's what they're jumping in and why the heart behind that. And we spend most of our time uh, really talking about his journey in faith from about age 19 until about age 37, and very specifically his battle against pornography addiction. Uh, It's an incredibly fresh perspective on it. He's got some really great insight into what uh, really helped him find some freedom in that area and how it comes straight out of God's Word. Just uh, He had some insights there of some connected some dots that I had never connected before. So uh, he's a humble guy. He's funny. He's engaging. Uh, you are really going to enjoy getting to know my friend, Jimmy Needham. Jimmy Needham, welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Good to have you here today. Hey, so good to be here, man. All right, so uh, you and I met for the first time here today. Uh, I feel like I've known of you and of your career trajectory and just what you've been doing in ministry for a while. And uh, when I first heard about you, it was uh, through your music. Obviously, you'd been doing that. And then uh, recently, as I was doing some research, getting ready for today, see that you're on staff at a church, and you've kind of got a mixed title now, right? You you still do music and, and worship leading, but then teaching is a part of that. So is that... Is that new yeah, over the past few years, or is, has teaching always been a part of your ministry? You know, it's funny to reflect on that uh, now being full-time at a church uh, as well and going, uh, oh, you know, looking back on my, my music career, you know, I think every artist has a, some, probably something different that's in the driver's seat uh, from every other artist. You know, some folks are driven uh, just simply by the the love of music. I just like creating, you know, some folks love the performance aspect. Get me on a stage. Let's do the light show. Give me some pyro cannons or something. Uh, so, and, and some folks are just are driven by the content. And I think for me, especially reflecting now, it, it's, it was so much the content. I love music. I'm a musician, all, all that. But um, it, it was so interesting to transition into uh, church world. And especially when I started preaching sermons, I, uh, I, I found, I stopped writing songs like entirely for like months and months. And and I looked up at the end of like six, eight months. I was like, I haven't, I haven't written a single song. I'm bothered not at all by that. What's going on? And I realized, oh, this, the preaching thing is actually just 
really what I wanted to do the whole time in a lot of ways. I just, uh, um, uh, I was putting that energy into making it rhyme, you know, uh, with a guitar in front of me. And, and now I just kind of get to do the um, uh, unfiltered sort of deep dive into stuff. And so I think uh, it almost feels inevitable in a lot of ways that I was moving toward just it, just give me a Bible and let's let's go for forty five minutes, you know, uh, yeah. So, but I am doing a number of. Th- I I am still the worship leader at our church. Uh, um, I'm the worship pastor there, and I'm also the teaching pastor. Weirdly, um, do you ever have to? Do yeah. you ever have to play offense and defense both on one day? Like, do you ever have to do both? <laughs> First off, I love that you said offense and defense. It's so different. Oh, it's like the guy who plays both ways in football. That's unheard of nowadays. And so that's right. Well, I think it was um, Christmas Eve service. So, like you know, one of the biggest uh, services in a church's uh, calendar, twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. I think it was twenty twenty. Um, both our lead pastor and our executive pastor got COVID uh, that week. And it was just me. So it was like the Jimmy Needham show, man. I'm juggling. I'm like, you know, playing a harmonica. I'm just, there's so many things going. So I did preach and I led worship and uh, did not enjoy it. Yes, that's so, hard. I remember I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I don't I don't sing, but I remember there was one Sunday when I was on staff at Watermark. I had to do announcements. So I was like the host of the sh- of of that service, and then we had this little yeah. bumper, uh, you know, and then it comes back, and then I was the preacher, and I just remember it was so it's awkward. Yeah. It was like, "Hey, still me, right? I, it's still me. It's it's here. It's the Adam Show, right? We now. need like a. Um, it'd be great if there was like a bin of hats, you know, like whose line is anyway. You just put on something. To, it, it would just be nice to just know. Okay, now I'm wearing my 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 singer hat. So, well, you've got some exciting things that you just started with your wife, Kelly. You guys have started a, uh, a podcast. You just want to talk about that real quick. Yeah, you bet. Um, it's called clearly, uh, we're, uh, going to be going into our, uh, second season here pretty soon. And, uh, you know, our little tagline to help make sense of it for folks is if it's complex, confusing, or controversial, it's covered here. So we love and have always loved kind of just getting into the stuff that nobody wants to get into uh the you know in in christendom uh there is a a gravitational pull toward the the easier topics and there's nothing wrong with that um it is it is right uh to get into uh the gospel of john and to deal with uh things uh like that it's a we love it but uh man there is so much terrain in scripture that never gets marched on uh by the church. And we're always like, man, that's, that stuff's amazing too. turns out that's inspired by God too. Let's, uh, let's poke around there. So, uh, we just started a podcast that allows us really, uh, to, to talk about, explore, study, uh, uncover all the stuff that, um, either puts people to sleep normally and to show them actually, this is like electric, this thing that you skipped over right here or stuff that like you don't touch with a 10 foot pole because it feels super controversial. If, if only if my lost friends knew that was in the Bible, you know, I'd cover my face. Like we were like, well, no, let's just, let's go there because God gave it to us. So it matters. So that's kind of the, uh, the angle of the podcast and it's been super fun. That's yeah. great. I, now I would imagine that takes a tremendous amount of prep work, right? When you're going into that, if you're going to take these complex and these confusing ideas, uh, 
you don't want to just turn on the mics and just start talking, right? Man, you just Google it about five minutes before and you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. That's a, no, uh, honestly, it's, it's really come from just, um, a life of, of studying the scriptures. I mean, uh, my wife just eats the Bible all day, man. And, uh, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm always in the word. And so, we're, we're finding ourselves in those kind of texts as we're reading through the Bible all the time. And I guess that the difference is for us, we're just noting those things and going like, oh, I, I so wish I could talk about that. So if anything, clearly it's just like, finally I have an outlet to go to the place that I've been wanting to go for years, you know? That's so good. So yeah, like uh, just to give people a little taste, you guys are in Malachi, you've been in Joel, uh, those are those are typically some books that people have got to go to the table of contents to try to find. Uh, those are so those are not, <laughs> not well worn. Like, short. Yeah, yeah, not well worn paths in most people's Bibles. Uh, so give it like yeah, what's something that. from Malachi that for men like you would go if if guys could just know this if men could know this out of Malachi. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but anything coming to mind from either Malachi yeah. or Joel that that really fired you up as a as a man. I love uh, everything in those books, and we've covered so many things there. You know, one of the things that uh, uh, we looked about, and it shows up in both of these books, is is th- this uh, this idea of the fear of the Lord. You know, um, how are we to think about that? You know, we don't typically um, l- like that kind of language these days. Uh, but for me, I've just found it so helpful. Okay, if the Bible's going to talk about the fear of God you know, uh, it's just on like every other page of the Bible. Um, uh, it seems like we should probably have a working knowledge of it too. And those books get us, uh, talking about that is, does it mean I need to be scared of God? Is that, you know, and, uh, I think, um, uh, it's just been really helpful for me to sort of broaden out what, what my sort of emotional life, my, my internal life, my, my, responsiveness needs to be to God? Is it only that I just have warm affections for him like a father? Or is there something else happening in me that I need to uh, bear in mind when I'm coming to the one who is three times holy, like Isaiah says, you know? So that's that was a big one for me, just uh, uh, kind of understanding that whole concept. You know, we even look at stuff like uh, dating came up in, in our study because, you know, one of the big problems with uh, the Israelites uh, was they kept going back to what the, the Old Testament was calling foreign women. These uh, And that seems on the surface like, well, that's a weird way to get to dating conversations. But the issue was uh, these women were worshiping uh, idols, pagan gods, and Israel was just, was just constantly, the men were just constantly running uh, to these women who were then capturing their heart. And then when these women got their heart, they... Uh, the men sort of fell hook, line, and sinker into everything else that those women were involved in, including the, the worship of idols. And so you see this mandate throughout Scripture, hey, don't do that. You need to stay uh, with the people who love the true God, the one true God. Uh, it's the stuff that gets Solomon in trouble. You know, Solomon's uh, in trouble, one, because he has 700 wives and 300 concubines. But the real issue there was all of those women worshipped Molech and crazy, you know, Canaanite gods. And, uh, and they put in the text said that they pulled his heart away from the Lord. 
And what's interesting uh, that we looked at uh, in the podcast is like that we see that same mandate for us in, in the New Testament, just kind of in different language. When you get to 1 Corinthians, Paul's talking about uh, singleness and, and uh, those types of things. And uh, when you're in um, there, when he's talking about singleness, he's talking about the you know, uh, securing undistracted devotion to the Lord. That's important. But then he also is going to talk about things like uh, what good does a light have with darkness and, and being yoked together with unbelievers. And what we start seeing is there's a pattern here that um, as we're pursuing relationships, we need to be wary of when we tie our hearts with that person, we're actually tying our hearts with all the things that they're about, that they love too. And so I think a great warning for us uh, as men is to to be wary of who we're tying our lives with because it has a it has a magnetic pull to all of the affections that they have for all of the things they love. And if they don't love the God we love, we're going to be tugged in that direction. It's amazing. I mean, you, you know, so, and I've talked about different parts of my uh, spiritual journey on this podcast, but I mean, broad brushstrokes, uh, became a follower of Jesus at 21 in college, halfway through my college career. And uh, life has been completely different ever since that you could look at it, you know, on the spiritual side and go, this was an Adam who didn't know Jesus and was making certain decisions. And then there was Adam who does know Jesus and making very different decisions. If you wanted to, there's another way to look at that. You could strip out all the spiritual side and you could say one group of friends that Adam was hanging out with before age 21 and a completely different group of friends that Adam was hanging out with after 21 yes. that led to different decisions. Both of those are quote true, right? Uh, obviously yeah. we know that a lot of it was an internal heart change and being yoked together with friends who wanted to pursue after Jesus as well. But that's why Proverbs tells us that if you walk with the wise, you will grow wise. And if you're a companion of fools, you're going to yeah. suffer harm uh, because who we're running around with says a lot about us and, and how we're going to be influenced. Well, it's a huge deal. And, and in fact, uh, again, in 1 Corinthians, Paul's going to say bad company corrupts good morals, right? So it's, a, it's that same principle. Um, I, need to be, I mean, need to be careful about who I'm tying my life with because I'm tying my life with the things that they love to. So, yeah. That's good. Uh, so let's talk about your church for a moment at Stonegate and you're in the Dallas area. Um, and so like, what, right. what, what is exciting you the most about what you're seeing with that local expression of the followers of Jesus there in your town at your church right now? Oh man. Um, I am, uh, I love our church. Uh, I've loved getting to, um, uh, getting to growth. I've been there about 12 years now. My daughter turned 12 yesterday. And, uh, and so it's, it's kind of, she's sort of our marker of how long we've been at, at, uh, with this church family. And, uh, it's been so cool to see all the things that God has done. We, we've been growing a lot. Uh, one of the ways that I love that we've been growing is, um, in diversity, cultural, ethnic diversity has been something that I've been super surprised, uh, in Midlothian, Texas to see taking place in our congregation. God has just, uh, been really helping us, um, to remove some of the, the barriers and borders that have kept, uh, the church largely, uh, so segregated, um, over the years. So it's been, uh, that's been a real, uh, delight for me to see God doing that. I'm just praying for more, uh, of that. Gosh, we're just, uh, we're, we're learning how to, um, I think our folks are learning how to really worship the Lord and to feel some freedom in that too. You know, uh, I think, especially in my sort of theological tribe that I run with, we can be all head and no heart. And I think uh, one of the things that I'm 
seeing in our church and, and eager to see more of is for us to be really deep thinkers. I think this is what every Christian would want, that we could really think deep like about, about God and, and see him clearly in his word and understand these sort of the deep end of the swimming pool. And also that caused delight in us. We can celebrate now, we can worship, you know. And, um, so we're, we're, we're trying to see that grow and I think we are seeing it, which is great. I love that. Those are two great answers with all that. So, okay, and, and I know you haven't written a book yet, but you and I, before we hit record, you talked about uh, if I do sit down, you know, and uh, whatever needs to happen, right? If it's the Lord really impresses yeah. it upon you or just your kids get older and yeah. you feel like you've got more time. I don't know which one it'll be or some mix yeah, of yeah. both of those. Yeah. But if you were going to sit down and pen a book and 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 write uh, and leave some words for the church there, what what would the topic for you be? And what do you think, you know, based on where you are today, what, what would you want to write about? Well, I think, you know, all of us are, are uh, so much just a product of our history and our experiences and that informs and shapes like what the loudest things in our life are. And for me, you know, coming into the faith, starting to walk with God, uh, my, my, especially my early years, uh, was all just a seeped in just a struggle for affection for God, because I was dealing with things like pornography, addiction and lust. And, uh, that, uh, that has been so formative for me, uh, and has caused me in retrospect to have done a lot of thought work and study work on what it means to war against my flesh in that way, you know? Um, and so I think if I was to sit down and write, uh, which Lord willing that that'll happen and hopefully soon, uh, I would love to provide uh, one more contribution to the church um, on this issue. You know, what, what it was for me as a high schooler and college student uh, in terms of access, in terms of frequency, all that stuff. I mean, it's just turned up to 11 now. We all know this, right? It's, uh, and uh, the problem has not gone away. It's just become more ubiquitous. And, and I think actually it's probably one of the reasons we, I can't be sure of this because I haven't looked at all the literature that's come out on this topic, but I just don't have, I don't see as many books on it as I used to. Um, I know Ray Ortland just came out with something. I know that there's been things uh, here and there uh, on the issue of uh, pornography addiction, on the issue of lust and, and, and battling it. But I, I, I wonder if the Christian church has just sort of like conceded the point and just gone, well, it's, yeah, it's a thing. It sure stinks that we're all addicted. But, uh, and I just, I, I don't want to settle for that. I think that there, I think real victory is possible. And I would love to give, especially guys, a vision for that. If you had told me in um, when I was 19 that you, I could actually have a life free from addiction in that way, I would have laughed. I couldn't fathom it. But, but now here I am. Uh, I'm 37. I've been free from uh, that stronghold since I was 19. And I'm going, it, it really is possible. And I love getting to look at men and say, hey, there is a version of you that, that, that doesn't have lust chokeholding you right now. And, uh, and I would love to paint that vision for what that could look like for, for, for folks. Yeah, now I, it's going to be a gross misunderstatement or uh, not even fair just to try to summarize it in a few bullet points or sound bites as to what's changed over the last, you know, almost, uh, what is it, close to almost 20 years, 18 years. But if you were going to point back to a few things going, all right, the Jimmy at 19 that didn't think there was any freedom versus the Jimmy now that's uh, 37 and is walking in the freedom, 
What, what, what would be a couple of those things you go, these were some major moments in my journey? Well, you know, um, the, the, uh, the controlling thing that has provided the most freedom for me uh, has been understanding what the Christian life really is, what fighting sin really is, um, and uh, thinking about it less. When, in my younger years, I used to think about fighting sin and walking uh, in holiness more as a avoiding of bad stuff, trying to lean into good stuff, that, that sort of thing. But, but as I've developed as a Christian, I, I'm seeing from scripture that no, really that you could talk about the Christian life as a, um, as a pursuit of my appetites, right? That, that you can think about warring against sin as, uh, in terms of appetite. Uh, and what the battle really is, is what am I going to feast on? Uh, and I think if you talk about it like that, um, God doesn't just become a guy who's disappointed when you sin and he really wants you to get on the good team again, but God actually presents himself in scripture repeatedly as uh, in, in meal language, in food language, in, in drink language. You, you think about Jeremiah 2.13, right? That, that um, they've forsaken me the fount of living waters and dug for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. He's saying, hey, I'm like fresh spring water for you and you won't drink. You get to the New Testament and what's the first things that we learn about Jesus? Well, we learn that he was born in a town called Bethlehem and he was born into a manger. Well, what does the word Bethlehem mean in Hebrew? It's a means house of bread. And what's a manger? It's a feeding trough. So so the one who is going to solve our sin problem, born into the house of bread, born into a feeding trough, you think he's trying to tell us something about himself? And then the whole rest of his ministry, he starts calling himself like living water, new wine, and and the bread of life, John 6, 35, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. And as I study the scriptures, I start seeing, oh, the way I fight against sin is not just by fleeing, but by feasting. I need to find Jesus as actually satisfying in such a way that I am so full that I don't want the garbage I was eating. And when I started to see it like that, things started to change for me. I, I began to find quicker freedom from my addiction because I, I not just because I was putting in uh, pop-up blockers and restrictions and stuff, but because I was actually finding Jesus to be a delight and a, a meal for me. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. I never uh, connected those dots and I love that, Jimmy. I really do. Uh, that idea of that food metaphor, because I mean, let's, again, I'm not trying to be cavalier or shallow with this, but I think there's a lot of people that have tried different eating plans at some point in their life, right? Like maybe you tried whole 30 or keto or something like that, something just to try to reduce your sugar intake. And, and those first few days are really, really difficult because of the appetite, right? Whatever it is that you're trying to break free from, you've, you've trained your body to like that stuff. And then after a couple of days, you just start to notice that those, I don't want to talk about it like the cravings go away, but they just, they're quieter, right? They're just quieter. Yeah. And uh, so I think yeah. a lot of us have some firsthand experience with what appetites do and how powerful they are, and that what you feed yourself really does start to become this fire uh, that is inside of you. And so yeah. so then now, if I think about that, right, I, I think about, okay, I just want to make sure that I'm feasting on Jesus and and being careful, quote unquote, what I eat, 
right? And I'm going to be a little picky yeah. about what I'm putting before my eyes and what I'm listening to. Yeah, yeah. some of those things are really helpful uh, and are certainly a part of, of trying to right. uh, live a life of holiness. But it's That's it's right. primarily about yeah, just feasting on who Christ is and God's love. And then those other things almost That's become... Right become unappetizing in a way. So I like that language. That, that's exactly right. Ironically, um, that same time, you know, part of my story is a food story as well. I was about 260 pounds in college. Really? The, the same, that is shocking. How, uh, yeah. and, I mean, people can't see now. You, wh- how, yeah. What do you weigh now? I've never I'm asked anybody that on a podcast right before. Now. What did you say? Yeah, <laughs> I'm about a buck 65. That is amazing. So you've lost 100 pounds. Yeah, roughly. And, and, but what's interesting is it was the, the um, uh, understanding of this truth that I was just talking to you about that turned the key on both of those things at the same time. So I, I lost, in, in, like right, at the, right as I stopped, uh, right as I actually started finding victory over pornography addiction, I dropped about 70 pounds right in that same window. Um, and uh, the the mechanism was the same. I, I began to find Jesus as more satisfying than that meal that I was looking to to scratch that sort of soul hunger that I had, and uh, and the same was true for pornography. I think in a I, that's why I think this isn't just a principle for um, sexual addicts or things like that. This is a principle for every human being, every human heart. Yeah, I mean, uh, so we can go down the list with all of that again, and maybe maybe we would move into some things that Scripture would say are not overtly sin, but yet they're starting to become, have a grip on our heart. Let's talk about somebody's relationship with alcohol. You could talk about their relationship with money and possessions, their relationship with work, or uh, all kinds of things like that that are just these these appetites that just get fueled and uh that's yeah. such a that's a that's an amazing insight or or just uh i don't want to say coincidence but just the connection between both of those for you to have the weight loss and the the pornography piece and again we're not trying to say there's a magic formula with this that here's a way to lose 10 pounds is quit looking at that's porn right. that's not what we're saying but this is that's really right. about appetites right. that we're uh that we have going on here yeah. with that so so Jimmy, so that's a part of your life, right? Nineteen, and and I'm sure it feels like so long ago, but yet, um, you know, my story is very similar. Where probably from age three until age about twenty one, uh, pornography was a part of my life. Um, it was different back then because I'm going to sound so old. You know, I didn't. I became a Christian right when I started to get the internet in my dorm room. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't have that (laughs) access. So the access for me back then, you had to go find the magazines and the videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, But by the grace of God, I do know this. I do know that at any moment, at any moment, I am one click away from that thing, right? You know, just that fire uh, lighting again. That's right. And so, um, how do you continue to maintain is uh, that that great mindset with all that? Well, I, I I'm so glad you brought that up because I do think there is there is a humility we all need uh, in fighting any sin to know I'm really not above anything. I've never arrived until Jesus returns or I walk off this planet. Um, I haven't arrived at holiness. Um, at I'm just not tempted anymore. You know, that's just not a that's not a thing. Uh, what we what we can uh, control, I think, is the strength to which uh, sin and temptation ha- has its grip 
on us. And uh, so I think you come with humility to know I'm going to, my master Jesus said to be vigilant. So I need to be on the lookout. I need to keep my lamp lit. I need to, to resist sin at every turn. Um, and also there is just a, uh, there's a spiritual, I think even a physiological thing that takes place whenever we begin distancing ourselves from sin, that the, the grip it has on us uh, can, can be reduced. Not in every case, but, but it can be uh, reduced. So, I, you know, for me, it has been one of, the, um, one of the things that helps me continue to walk in freedom is I have now, uh, and this is true of anyone who's, who's been able to walk, walk in freedom over a particular sin, God in his grace has given me victories in the past, right? That's how we've gotten free to this point. Give me victories in the past. And those work in my life as sort of mile markers. I remember in the, in the early years of, of walking away from uh, pornography addiction, uh, it felt uh, the, the temptation would come on and it would feel so insurmountable. And I remember a particular set of like a three to four weeks where this was I was really trying to resist and there was a, there was a moment, my, my first, I would say big moment of resistance came. Temptation showed up. I, uh, uh, by God's grace, I was able to get out of the house. I was able to do something else and, and, and temptation subsides and, and it was, uh, it was a victory. And that gets, that, that goes on my belt, so to speak. And then, and then the next week that the, the temptation moment happens, but I am not as, um, week as I was the prior week because because now I have a memory. Now I have a, a memory of a victory that is going to help me remember what it feels like to say no and then have the relief on the other side of it that God meets me. And that week happens. So now I have two of them. And, and so then it's two weeks later and, and a big wave of temptation comes. And I, I remember it. I, I remember going, okay, this feels in some ways harder than it's ever felt. And yet I remember what it feels like to be on the other side of this. I remember the, the sort of the curve of temptation as you were, we're at the top of it. And I know what it feels like for it to come back down. I have a memory of God meeting me. And those, those have become like um, weapons for me. So, so think about it what, you know, maybe you're listening and and, uh, you're, you're in the middle of your own temptations. Just um, imagine a version of you where you have two, three, four, six, seven, fifteen, twenty of those moments under your belt. Think of of all the the um, moments that you will be able to recall in the moment of temptation that that's going to come maybe six months from now. If uh, if only you can get over this wave, God will. I believe use that moment of victory to strengthen your next moment of temptation to help you get free from that too. And, and it's a snowball effect. So I would just, uh, I would really encourage uh, folks to uh, maybe you've never had a big win. Uh, um, I, I just want, I want as somebody who's gone before you in this uh, that moment that's coming uh, pray Run from from your sin. Run to Jesus. Do whatever you have to do to to see yourself on the other side of that one moment, just one time, and and then know that that's going to strengthen you for the next one.
it just it just is it's a, it's an effect that that uh um helps us uh after every battle listen that's a great place to end right there because i mean that that's the call right that's what we need to do it's yeah. not it's not like all right try to try to nip this in the bud for the rest of your life today it's it's yeah. try to make it through today try to make it through this next moment and just know that those moments are going to add up and i love that idea about right. the memory making us stronger again i haven't heard that language used yeah. before that's really really helpful so uh jimmy there's so many other things i could talk about with you but um but i'm gonna i'm gonna hit pause here on this conversation so how can people stay in touch with you uh we've got your podcast i'll put a link to that in the show notes uh socials handles where where do you want them tracking with you yeah it's all it's all just at my name at jimmy needham for for uh pretty much everything instagram and, and and all that is uh is there and then um my my website is just jimmyneedham.com the the most of the activity we're doing these days is is with clearly um uh our podcast so uh they can check that out on on any of the podcast platforms and it's just a clearly podcast so uh, they can get it there all right well friend it was great to meet you today thanks so much for jumping in on the better man podcast absolutely brother yeah thank you jimmy once again thanks for jumping on the podcast today again loved your story your humility Uh, And I hope you can find some time, man, to sit down and start writing on that. Uh, God's given you a gift to be able to communicate. Uh, He's given you some insight. Uh, You clearly have some personal experience with all of this. And so I pray that you'll be able to find that time and give that gift to the church of your perspective and your voice and what God's done in and through you uh, in that area here soon. And if you were listening and you're going, listen, I want my story to be Jimmy's story, right? I'm feeling just stuck in the muck in the mire right now. I feel like my life is just being run by this addiction and you don't know what to do, right? We, we may not be in the same town right now. Uh, I don't, I know maybe, you know, for most people listening to this, we haven't met before, uh, but if there's something here at Better Man that we can do, just reach out to us, right? It starts there, just raising your hand going, I would love some help. I'd love somebody to pray for me and somebody to help me start to make some steps towards freedom uh, because I feel like this addiction to pornography or whatever your addiction is right now, it's just, uh, it's taken all the life out of you. And so go to betterman.com. There's a way to reach out to us. Uh, if you've got somebody in your town, if you've got your pastor at church or somebody at church, that's even better. Uh, but listen, uh, right now, just just make that first step and talk to somebody. And so if we can be that somebody, that'd be great. You can go to betterman.com. So today's episode, like every episode, was mixed and edited by the team over there at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we got for the Better Man podcast today. We'll talk to you all again next week.